Um, so I want you guys to grab a seat. Uh, if you, there's Bibles in the windowsills. Um, there's pens on the windowsills. I want you to take some notes. So if you need a pen, go grab one. Get comfy. Eat a, eat a Tic Tac. They're good for you. <clears throat> Our janitor's going to come in tomorrow and be like, what are those jerk teenagers doing? I don't want this. So you got a Bible. We're in the book of Ephesians tonight. So get your app out or whatever. If you're doing the version thing, do that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so we're in Ephesians chapter 5. I have to keep this with me because uh, I'm sick again because I have the worst immune system on the planet. I don't know what my deal is, but I keep trying to lose my voice, so I'm going to try not to. So just bear with me. Um, yeah, so uh, how many of you all are completely done with school already? Owen Devlin. No, look at you. You've been done. You don't count. You've been done. All right. How many of you have a week left, like seven days left, something like that? How many of you have one day left? Ooh, look at you. <laughs> I feel a little tension in the room, man. I feel a little tension of like, they get to be done like tomorrow and you've got a whole seven days and it's just like killing you inside, isn't it? Do what? Five days? So you're all, you're all relatively close. You got to survive exams. It's important to study, but it's also important to get out, right? Teenagers are funny about this time of year. Teenagers are weird. Um, and, and that you look forward, I'm going to like dial on one of these. Um, you look forward to summer getting here so much, like more so than like Christmas. And, and this week, right, right before, right before you get out, you, you act like it's Christmas Eve where there's this, all this excitement built up and dude, you're full out nuts about it. And when, when I come up and I ask you about, Hey, how many days left? I mean, you, you know, the number of days you can tell me hours and like how many tests you have to study for and how many days you think you can skip out of or whatever. And your eyes are all lit up because you're pumped. I mean, the end of school is, is like the most important day of the year for you because the day after the end of school is limitless, boundless freedom, right? And you're super pumped about it. I remember getting so excited about the end of school and, and, and just looked forward to it, just yearned for it and just like was about to like faint the last three or four days, you know, because I just could not stand one more day of school. And then I got out of school and then like if you get out on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday are normal because that's a weekend. But then Monday comes around and you, you sleep till noon, right? And then you, 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 eat, you wake up and you like eat some weird meal. You don't really know what it is, it's like Pop-Tarts and a sandwich. And, uh, and then by like 4 p.m. I'm bored. Was this what I was yearning for? Was this like to be bored? Some of our college students, uh, Austin McBride over there, he said something on some, so I can't keep social networks straight, but he'd been back home for like three days from college. He's been away from home and away from his family. He's back home, you know, and all his friends are here. And, and uh, he's, there's a Snapchat. I got a Snapchat from Austin. He's like drawing kittens in his living room on the TV or something. And it's like, I've never been this bored in my life. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad we looked forward to that all year long to be, to have this bit limitless, boundless freedom so that we can be bored out of our minds a couple of days later. Summer's, summer's a, a, a strange thing. I mean, as believers, as believers, we, we believe that, that God had a, had a plan to save the world. And the plan to save the world was to send his son here to provide this sacrifice that would wash away the sins of anybody who was willing to accept him. 
And we're welcomed into that, or invited into that, um, to that relationship with God that Jesus made possible. And the plan after that was to take ordinary people like you and me and to send them out over the world and uh, make that news known. That's the plan. Jesus provides the, the perfect sacrifice for us. We go tell people about it. That's about it. It's a pretty simple plan. We have this faith and that, that's, that we have this, we have a faith that we have a Savior and we have a belief and understanding that we have an obligation to do something about it, that we're supposed to live out that faith. But, at some, but then we also have like our timeline, like the way we want to live our days and the way we want to approach free time and the way we approach summer. And then and so over here, time is mine and my free time is mine and what I want to do with my summer is mine. And then I also have this faith in Jesus over here and this responsibility, this opportunity to live inside this incredible story of what God is doing throughout creation. But at some point, students, what I believe about Jesus and what I believe about my time have to intersect. There has to come a moment when, when your faith begins to inform your time, the way you live your life, like what you do hour to hour. There's got to be a time, there's got to be a moment when that begins to take place, when the way you live your days is impacted by your faith. In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 15, um, we have this beautiful passage about time. It's in super deep. We could spend a lot of time working through it, but we've only got a short amount. So we're going to kind of hit the high points through this passage, okay? We're just going to go bit by bit all the way through, and we're going to try to figure out how our faith is supposed to interact with our time. It begins in verse 15. It says, look carefully then how you walk. That's how it starts. Look carefully then how you walk. And basically what that means is... Um, Look carefully at the way you live your life. Put another way, it says, be intentional about the way you live. Okay? So saying that we've got to be people who look carefully and then think intentionally about the way that we walk, the way that we live our lives. Some of us are very unintentional in the way we work our days. When you get to summer, man, and in seven days or two days or tomorrow or whatever, when summer is happening for you, you're going to be nothing close to intentional about the way you approach your time. So God's word begins this passage in 515. It says, be intentional about the way that you're living your life. That we don't have a, that as Christians, we don't have an opportunity just to be flippant about the way we use our days. Okay? It says, next, it says, uh, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Anybody here uh, ever use time unwisely? Yeah. I can waste time like a boss. There is nothing in this world that I am better at than, than wasting time. Um, man, uh, when, remember when Vine came out like early last year? I didn't function again for like a week. I mean, I didn't go to bed till like 1 a.m. because I'm watching Vines of kittens just repeating forever. Or like kids falling down. That's always gold. Um, I mean, you know, it's the go-to. Uh, I love the kitten videos. I love the people falling down videos. And, and when Vine first came out, it was, it was all those Vine Famous people didn't exist yet. I loved Vine pre-Vine Famous. Vine Famous is a stupid thing. If you're famous on Vine, you're dumb, all right? So, so Vine pre-those people was fun. And I, I mean, Jessica and I were sitting in bed just like giggling every night. I didn't get any sleep at all. It was terrible. I just, I'm, I'm great at wasting time. And then, uh, then the Vine Famous people showed up and I ditched that. Then, uh, <laughs> um, what about Netflix? Any of you ever been on a Netflix bender? Like a three-day, your parents left you at home and you watched like the entire, like all eight seasons of The Office, like on repeat. And you're like, well, that was good. Let's start over. Let's just do that again, right? 
If you, if you ever like thought about the amount of hours you've watched Netflix, like when Jessica leaves me at home, Jessica's going out of town this weekend and I'm staying here because I have to, um, I'm going to punish Netflix. Like I'm going to make Netflix cry a little bit. Like that $7.99 or whatever, I'm getting every penny of that in three days. It's going to be all. I don't even know what I'm going to watch yet. I'm going to watch all of it. I'm going to watch all of something else too because I can't. And that's, uh, we just do that. And we're like, that's okay. I mean, if, I, if I'm sitting in my couch and like, I just imprint my body into it because I've been sitting there that long and I've got like a Dr. Pepper and a coffee and like a bag of salt and vinegar chips. Dude, I can live there. I could, I could like, the apocalypse could happen outside and as long as Netflix is up and running, I'm, I'm gold. I'm a boss at wasting time. Like I, I do not play around with my time-wasting abilities. And I know that you're probably, so a lot of you are better at it than I am, which is impressive, honestly. I mean, when, so, so you're about to enter into this limitless freedom, which I've I'm going to assume is not really well lived. I'm going to assume that most of us in the room do not do a great job at managing our time during the summer. I'm going to assume that you just crush Netflix and play 2048 until you can prove that you're smart and you finally beat it, right? I think that's what you're going to do this summer. So let's, let's, let's chart it. Let's, let's be honest here. Let's got my Sharpie. We got a chart. All right, so down at the bottom, we've got 12 a.m., which some of you will be asleep by then. Oh, you can't see it over there. We'll try to, I'll try to stay out of the way. 12 a.m. is at the bottom, and you're, you're supposedly asleep, maybe, if we're lucky. You're asleep at 12 a.m. Uh, who here wakes up before 10 a.m. in the summer with nothing to do? Pre-10 a.m.? Okay, hands down. Who wakes up between 10 a.m. and noon? Between 10 a.m. and noonish? Anybody wake up after noon? So we're pretty evenly split between 10 to 12. So is 11 fair? If we're going to schedule our day, is 11 o'clock fair? Good. All right. So we'll, st- we'll come all the way up here to 11. All right. So that much of your day's shot. All right. What happens next? Pop-tarts and sandwich, right? You got to get your, you got to get your brunchables. Um, and uh, when you wake up, first thing you got, you got to check Twitter, you got to check Instagram, make sure like nobody else has been awake in the last 15 hours. All right, so you got, you got brunch and you got to check your stuff, see how many Snapchats you got of people going to bed the night before. We'll say that's like an hour and a half. Good. All right. So we're at 1230 now. So let's, let's mark that off. All right. So that part of my day is done. Um, what happens next? I bet Netflix, I'm going to go Netflix over reading your Bible. I'm going to go Netflix. How many hours are we going to watch Netflix? We got a free afternoon. There's nothing going on. Like, I got a five, eight, five, seven. So, so all of the hours, the rest of it. All right. So we'll say, we'll, we'll go with five. Five's a, five's a good number. I think that's conservative. We'll be conservative here. We're trying to make this official. So that takes us uh, to 6 p.m. That takes to 6. That's out. All right. We're getting here. Some of, you, some of you get... Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. What happens next is you're like, dude, I haven't taken a shower today. It's 6 p.m. It is 6 o'clock in the, in the evening time. There's one and a half hours of daylight left, and you're like, I need to take a shower. I mean, I'm not like a slob or anything. I mean, it's time to shower. So you go, you take a shower, and then you try to find anybody on the face of God's green earth that wants to hang out with you, right? 
So you shower and you text people to hang out with you for about 30 minutes. We'll say, we'll say an hour because it's a long shower. It's a long shower. We say long showers in the summer. Now it's seven and that one person's like, yeah, I'll go stand outside with you for 30 minutes. All right, great. So you go outside with your friend for 30 minutes and you're bored out there. So you go back inside and you watch more Netflix until what time? 10? 10. At 10, your mom says, hey, you should come home. You're only in ninth grade or whatever. And then, uh, and then, now, okay, it's on there somewhere, man. Um, so we got 10, we got, we only got two hours left. What do we do in those last two hours? Tan? I don't, I don't tan during those hours. Here's what I think you do during those hours. I think, I think if you're a guy, uh, I think if you're a guy, you do whatever thing that you like doing most. So if that's, if that's uh, working out or something, you might do that late at night. If you like video games a lot, you go turn on your Xbox and you just go into a coma um, and whatever. I think girls during this time, um, you go Instagram, whatever you did for that hour and a half with your friend outside to make it look like you have fun in life, right? Even though you don't. But you go Instagram that and put a cool filter on it or whatever. And then you jump on Pinterest until about midnight. When your mom comes in and sees the light on, she's like, sweetie, you really need to go to bed because tomorrow we're going to wake up early. It's going to be awesome. You're like, no, we're not. Right? So for the last two hours, you just do something that you want to do. It's probably Pinterest for girls and it's probably video against your boys. And then everything is done. That's a summer day. Man, that sounds fun. Is that the best we can do? I mean, for real, is that, is that, the, is that what, is that what <laughs> the God of the universe sent his son here to die for so I can, like, Netflix it up for eight hours a day? Is that the best you can do? Man, like, if, if I'm thinking about my potential as a human being who has a relationship with the God of the universe, is that what he has in mind for me? I don't think it's even close. But I know that for most of you, that's exactly what you're going to do in a couple of weeks. And you're going to be bored out of your mind and you're going to hate it. Because that's not what God has for you. That's not what's best. That's not even remotely good. That's kind of sorry. Passage goes on. And five, uh, begins in five, now we're down to 16. I'll start with 15. I'll read it again for you because you forgot. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And then it says this, making the best use of your time. Making the best use of your time. In the original language, that, that word that's... Um, that's their, that whole making the best use of your time. And in Greek, that's one word, and it's exagora. It's this, this really cool word. Um, and it, it basically has a, it really means redeem. That's really the, kind of the best way to do it. So it's, another, reading the passage again, it says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming your time. Okay? This idea is a lot like Chuck E. Cheese, right? And you've been playing the basketball game at Chuck E. Cheese and you won 400 tickets and you take it over the, the, like the weird emo kid and, and they're, they're going to give you something else for your tickets, right? And you say, I have 400 tickets. I want to, I want to trade them in for gummy worms or whatever stupid thing you want that day. And, um, and you remember doing this, right? And you got the tickets and you give them to somebody and they give you something else. You, re- you trade in your tickets. That's, that's redeeming your tickets, Okay. You're taking what you got and you're redeeming it for something else. Make sense? We do the same thing with our time. So in that sense, time is a commodity. Time is a currency. Time is something that we trade for something else. Now I would say this, students, I, I, for 
just for somebody that's 29 and I've kind of lived from where you're through, your time is the most precious commodity that you have. It's the most powerful, it's the most costly thing that you possess. And the weird thing about it is I, I think you're very, very careless with it sometimes. If, if, I were, um, gonna, if I was like your super best friend and I gave you a debit card, like some of you people have debit cards, which is weird. Um, and so you have a debit card and then we'll, just, we'll take me out of the equation because that's not realistic. Let's say your parents uh, just went nuts or something and your grandparents sent you a bunch of money for your birthday and whatever. It just, you totally racked up on your birthday and you ended up with like $1,000. And that $1,000 got put on your debit card. A cool grand, okay, like a full out one zero 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 dot zero zero thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a teenager. How would you spend that money? Would you would you be like ultra careful with that money? You're gonna like hoard it up and like buy stocks? Probably. No, I don't think so. Here's what I think you do when you have a thousand dollars. I think you go to some place that sells shoes and you buy two hundred dollars sneakers because you can. Because that's only like a fifth of my money. I got this. Whatever. And then you buy Taco Bell for like 10 people because that's dumb. And uh, like just, you know, just spend a hundred bucks on iTunes or something. You just start plowing through it and buying junk you really don't need because you've got a thousand dollars. Like what's a hundred bucks to Taco Bell to like buy every friend you have like 15 tacos? I mean, it's, that's nothing. You still got 900 bucks. $900 is a lot of money. That sounds like almost a thousand dollars, which you already had. When you have $1,000, you just go ballistic, spend whatever you, I mean, you're at Bridge Street buying weird dresses and stuff. Like, you're not, I'm not even going to wear this, right? And you just, I mean, not boys, but that's, that's how you, when you have that much money, you roll. I mean, you like make it rain all over, the, all over town. You just go crazy. But then if you had, think about this, when you get down to $5, you're a completely different person, aren't you? When you have five bucks, dude, you are stingy. You are like dirty to people, stingy. Like, you, you won't drive your car anymore. I'm not, I'm not driving. You're driving. Whichever one of your mamas pays for gas, you're driving. I'm not driving. I'm out. You have to drive. And they take you to Chick-fil-A, and you just pray to the God of heaven that somebody you know is at Chick-fil-A that works there, right? And they'll give you the old fries that have been in the fryer too long, and they're about to throw away. They'll give you those fries. Because you only got $5. What if I need something that costs $5? I'm going to get that chick to give me free, free french fries that are like, eight hours old because I only have $5. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to buy gum because there's got to be something better than gum to buy with $5. I don't care how great that eternal gum is on the commercials. I mean, five bucks. You won't buy anything. When I have $5 in my wallet when I was a teenager, I just didn't spend money. It was like I might as well have not, even have, not have any because I'm like, I could have an emergency where I'm going to die if I don't give the guy who's robbing me at least five bucks, right? I have to save my $5. I have to. When I have a thousand, I go nuts. When I have five, I don't spend it all. We're very, very careful when we have a little bit of resources, and we are not careful at all when we have unlimited resources. And here's what I think. I think for a lot of you, you feel like your time is unlimited. Like you have an unlimited resource called time. That's not true. It's incredibly limited. If you don't believe me, watch this video. These are roughly 28,835 jelly beans. I counted out 500 of them and used those to weigh the rest. In this pile, there's one jelly bean for each day that the average American will live. You might have more beans in your life, or maybe less, but on average, this is the time we have. Here's a single bean. It's your very first day. 
a special day, but kind of a rough day on everyone involved. Add 364 more and you have the first year of your life. Now, for a sense of scale, here are your first 15 years, 5,475 days, which brings us to the threshold of adulthood, and at that moment, this is the time that we have left. And this is, on average, what we will do with all that time. We will be asleep for a total of 8,477 days. If we're lucky, some of that time we'll be sleeping next to someone we love. We will be in the process of eating, drinking, or preparing food for 1,635 days. We'll be at work, hopefully doing something satisfying, for the equivalent of 3,202 of those days. 1,099 days will be spent commuting or traveling from one place to another. Maybe a little bit more if you live in L.A. On average, we will watch television in one form or another for a total of 2,676 days. Household activities, like chores and tending to our pets and shopping, will take another 1,576 days. And we will care for the needs and well-being of others, our friends and family, for 564 days. We'll spend 671 days bathing, grooming, and doing all other bathroom-related activities. And another 720 days will go to community activities, like religious and civic duties, charities, and taking classes. After we remove all those beans, this is what remains. This is the time that we have left. Time for laughing, swimming, making art, going on hikes, text messages, reading, checking Facebook, playing softball, maybe even teaching yourself how to play the guitar. So what are you going to do with this time? How much of it do you think you've already used up? If you only had half of it, what would you do differently? What about half of that? How much time have you already spent worrying instead of doing something that you love. What if you just had one more day? What are you going to do today? The difference between time and money um, as a commodity or as a resource or a currency is that you can't save time. It will be taken from you. It will go away. No matter how much you don't want it to, it will pass by. The only thing you can control is how you spend it, how you redeem your time, what you trade your time in for. That's all you can do about it. The passage says, look carefully then at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time. And it ends by saying, because the days are evil, I mean, a lot of people debate what that means, but what I'm pretty sure that means is that it's basically that the time is against you. That is not on your side. That just like in a minute to win it game, that there is a limited amount of time remaining and that you have to complete as much of a task as possible in that remaining time. Is that what you're going to spend your time doing? With the time that you have left, I love the way you phrase that, with the time that you have left, is that what you're going to do with it? Because if I don't look at the passage and it says, look carefully how I live, not as unwise but as wise, that looks like unwise, so I, I want to know what wise is. Right? So if you're taking notes, man, i got three things I want you to write down before we close. 
What is a wise use of time? And I'm, I'm not going to tell you that, man, you can't have any fun. You can't relax from the summer. I want you to. But I want you to make the most of your time that you have. So I wanted to give you some criteria, something you could um, evaluate a, something you're going to do against. All right? So there's three things. There's three things I want you to think about. It's like, hey, is this, is this worth my time? Is this a wise or an unwise use of my time this summer? Three things. First, does it strengthen your relationship with God? Does it draw you closer to God in any kind of way? Is it, is it helpful in your relationship with God? Does it draw you closer to God? That's the first one. Second one, does it connect you with other believers? All through Scripture, we talk about, um, it, it talks about how the, the family of God is a, is a family, and that we sharpen each other and strengthen each other, that we're stronger together than we are apart, that we've got to have these deep connections with people. We've talked in here this whole year about how I want you to have friendships that are more than friendships. I want you to have friendships that spur you on and push you forward spiritually. So are, is, is whatever it is that you're doing connecting you with other believers? So maybe that's playing paintball or that's playing video games or something. I don't know. But if it, if it actually connects you to other believers, not just physically like you're in the same room, but deeply connects you to other people, then Cool. And the last one, does it impact someone's eternity? We are supposed to be eternity shakers. God has given us this responsibility to reach out to people that don't have the hope or the peace that we have in Christ and and share that. And I don't want you to go ram something down somebody's throat or be obnoxious about it. I want you to spend time with people that you don't have time to spend with right now. The people that are in your classroom or whatever that, that you know that you probably need to spend some time with, you probably need to get to know a little bit better. You probably need to make an investment in their life, their eternal life. You probably need to figure out some way to do that. So maybe what you need to do is start spending a lot of time with those people through your summers because you have a lot of time. Maybe that means you go to lunch with some folks. Maybe it means you start inviting some people into your friend group to hang out and watch movies or whatever. Are you making an investment in someone's eternity? And so I think it's a wise use of your time. That might not be an exhaustive list, but man, that, that, those sound pretty good to me. If it's drawing you closer to God, if it's connecting to other believers, or if it's investing in somebody's eternity, man, go nuts. And if it's not, then maybe that's not a good thing to be doing. I think that you can have an incredible amount of fun inside of those three things. I think that you can have meaning and purpose in life under those three things. I think that you can find rest and peace in those three things. I know I can you have a, it's about 73 days. That's about how long your summer is. You've got 73 days to do something with. How are you going to use that time? In light of all that God has done this past year and the way that he's moved powerfully in our student ministry when you're active and you're doing things, right? In light of what God can do, what are you going to do with the next 73 days? I hope you do something worthwhile. I hope God blows your mind all over again with what he can do when you choose to be faithful, when you choose to come alongside him. I hope that this summer is one that when you go back to school at the end of the next year or whatever, or end of the summer, that you can look back and you can just trace the way we did earlier, trace what God did in your midst, in your life, because you chose to be, to be wise with your time. I think I'll be faithful to do that. I want to pray for you, and then we'll get out of here. Father, um, I, if, of the time wasters in the room, God, I'm probably right there at the top. 
it's easy for me to just waste time and let it blow by and, and not realize that it's a resource that you've given me that is very, very limited. God, if I could go back and if I could go back to high school and I could make uh, some changes to some of those summer days where I just sat in my room and did nothing and I could make an impact um, on eternity, could have done something to draw near, drawn closer to you or build relationships with other believers, God, I, I would do that. I don't, have any, I don't have any regrets about times where I was doing those three things, but God, I have a lot of regrets when I was outside of them. For these students, give them the conviction and the courage to let their faith intersect their time. Give them a vision of what their summer can be that's beyond what they ever imagined. And give them the strength to follow through. We love you. Amen.